Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Welcome to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajat Ali, the father of three kids who is happy that his children are virtual schooled right now because they're safe at home and not in a public school or a high school in the United States of America. You know, Waj, it has been, what, I guess a week, right, since our last show. Mm -hmm. And in that course of time, when we last got on air, we were talking about the Buffalo shooting, the Buffalo massacre, the -hmm. race killing. In between that, there were four children shot to death in South Carolina. There was a man shot to death on a subway in New York. There was a shooting in Dallas. And now we come to you again, dear listeners, dear, dear listeners, with 19 children dead after a shooting, another shooting, another historic mass shooting in Texas at an elementary school. And I just don't even know how we are moving forward. Waj, I have been in tears, not doing well for the last you know, two weeks, uh, beating myself up and saying that I just need to power through. I do not have kids, but I have godchildren and I am an auntie to many. And I am just a black queer woman trying to exist in this country. And I am struggling. So I will ask, how are you doing? My dear Muslim friend. Everyone processes pain and tragedy differently. Some people cry, some people ignore it, some people joke through the pain, some people numb themselves. But as I said yesterday, and I'll say to all of our dear listeners, you are allowed to feel righteous rage at this moment. You're allowed to feel pain. I'm a father, but you do not need to be a father or a guardian to feel a gut-wrenching pain in your stomach when you see the photos of these beautiful 19 children from grades two to four who went to school with smiles on their faces 
and are coming home in caskets. And 19 kids died in Texas. And today, Governor Abbott, who, by the way, is still scheduled to speak at the massive NRA conference that is being held where, Daniel? In Texas. Yep. Houston. And last year, oh, even though there was a full- where they're not allowing guns, by the way. I just, oh, yeah, thankfully. That, let, yeah, 55,000, but they're not allowing that. guns there. They're not allowing guns at the NRA rally because I guess they feel that it would be it's unsafe. A bad look. It's a mm. bad look. And this is the same state where last year in 2021, even though there was a 14% increase in shootings, and law enforcement said, please don't pass this open carry bill. Texas Republicans said, nope. Open carry bill will be passed where you don't need a training or a permit to carry a gun. And that was after the El Paso shooting massacre, which, by the way, doing a deep cut going all the way back to last week when we were talking about Buffalo, but no one's talking about Buffalo anymore. Their shooter in El Paso was inspired by the same white supremacist replacement theory that inspired the Buffalo shooter to go and kill 10 black folks. So I sit here today. I'm grateful that my children are alive. I'm grateful that they're virtual schooled. And I sat there last night and I had like a, I had a problem sleeping. I, I just, I couldn't sleep. And the, the, the images of these kids were in my head and I had a weird like tightening in my chest. And I woke up and I still had a tightening in my chest. And let me just share with you briefly, if I may, this experience I had about two hours ago at a coffee shop. I just went to the coffee shop. I was getting groceries. We got coffee at a Starbucks. Okay. Uh, two kids enter. Uh, two young black kids uh, and their mom enters. Just cute kids. I'm a dad. I can't help it. So I'm like these kids. I'm like, look at these two cute kids. Probably the ages of four and five. Okay. Two boys. My first thought was, look at these cute kids. My immediate second thought was, man, I'm, I'm so glad they're safe and not in school right now. My third thought was, why did I just think that? Oh yeah, because I'm in America. And then my fourth thought was, this is an abnormal thought process that I see these two cute kids enter a Starbucks with their mother, and immediately I'm worried about their safety. And this abnormality and this sickness and this cruelty reveals a country that doesn't give a shit about its children. Because if it gave a shit about its children, after Sandy Hook, we would have behaved like Australia and New Zealand and implemented gun control, and there'd be no Parkland. There'd be no shooting in Texas. But We don't give a shit about our children. Republicans don't care. And so now I have to worry about my kids going to school. My wife and I did freaking fire drills. But my kids, I have to now tell my kids about potentially outrunning a mass shooter. And then the leadership response from Republicans is the following. We should have armed the teachers. Even though this mother effort, this 18-year-old who got the gun, shot past armed security. The other, uh, according to Greg Abbott, they needed more doors. The third thing they blamed was mental health, which is so infuriating to anyone who's suffering from anxiety and depression around the world because millions of people are. They don't go pick up a gun and go kill people in other countries. And now, just like as, as, as an hour before this taping, Greg a- Abbott, of course, had to bring the race card in and he Chicagoed the shooting that happened in Texas and said, well, look at Chicago. They got gun control there and they still have mass shootings, even though those guns come from outside of Chicago, Daniel. So I'm in this moment of rage and I feel like rage is okay. You're allowed to have rage because Daniel, even the prophets had righteous rage against the oppressors. And here we have minority Republicans literally hijacking our children's lives 
for the sake of money from the gun lobby. And if that does not inspire rage and the, the, the photos of these 19 kids does not inspire pain, then you have to pinch yourself to check if you're still alive. Because if, if you don't feel anything, you're dead. You ask me a simple question. That's how I feel. I have been thinking a lot about Emmett Till and Emmett Till's mother. And I want to explain to folks why that is. Emmett Till's 14 years old when he was brutalized, um, abducted, tortured in Mississippi in 1955. His mother decided, Mammy Till, to have an open casket so that the world could see what Jim Crow, white supremacy, racism, and hatred did to her son and is doing to Black children, Black people across this country. I think about Mammy Till today because what I need to happen is that I need these parents all the parents of the victims of mass shootings, gun violence, to show the pictures. Because it is not enough anymore for us just to listen to these stories about the 10-year-old little girl at Robb Elementary School who tried to save her classmates and was shot dead for trying to call 911. And what we feel comfort in in this country is referring to that little girl as a hero. And she shouldn't fucking have to be one. And so the thing that we allow to happen to us is that we see the wonderful school photos of the smiling faces of these children. But the thing that America actually needs to see is that their bodies are now unrecognizable because of how many fucking bullets tore through them. I want people to also know that do you know what Texas did? Governor Abbott did? Rob Elementary School is 90% Latinx children. So when these parents went to go rushed to the schools to see if their children were still alive. Do you know who was waiting for them? ICE. So you tell me why ICE is at the scene of a massacre. Are they there to help? Were they there to aid these families? No, they were there to re-traumatize them, to re-victimize them to place another layer of fear underneath the threat that they are already dealing with, the very idea that they said goodbye yesterday morning to their children for them never to return. America needs to see what gun violence does, what an AR-15 and 375 bullets can do to the human body. Because if more did see that, then maybe 
We wouldn't have Democrats like Chuck Schumer say, well, we just can't bring a vote onto the floor because Republicans won't let us. We just can't do these things because, you know, they just won't let us legislate. They won't let us have the power that the people gave them. If you're not airing out as Beto O'Rourke did when he marched up to the bullshit press conference that Governor Abbott was giving and said, you are doing nothing. You are doing nothing for the state of Texas. You are doing nothing for these families. And I say to you gun owners, this is how you want to live? If you need an AR-15 and 300 rounds of bullets to take down a fucking deer, get a new hobby. Learn to aim. <laughs> like, what are you I doing? Mean, it, it, it is absurd to me, Waj, that I can't go to my local CVS and pick up two boxes of Sudafed because a flag goes into the system yeah. and thinks that I may be a fucking drug dealer. You might be making meth, Danielle. Instead of having allergies. But this shooter was able to go and buy not one, but two AR-15s within 24 hours and 300 rounds. And not a flag. 18-year-old. Not a flag went up. No, let me hold your ID for a second here, kiddo, and figure out what the fuck are you doing? Where are you going? An alert should automatically go to police that say, oh, why in the hell does this person need two AR-15s and that? But no, Constitution, Second Amendment, freedom to murder. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions. Questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. No, that's where we're at, where an 18-year-old in this country has an easier time getting a weapon of mass destruction than healthcare. 
where it's easier to get a weapon of mass destruction than to vote if you're black, where it's easier to get a weapon of mass destruction than to potentially have an abortion if you were raped by a relative. That's going to happen in the summer, by the way, after they kill Roe v. Wade, where it's easier to get, get a weapon of mass destruction than to even get medication because medications are priced so high in this country. Um, and it is a culture of death, Danielle. It is a culture of toxic masculinity. It is a culture of white supremacy where some men need these guns to stand their ground, to protect themselves against the invaders. People like Kyle Rittenhouse needs his gun to travel to another state driven by his mother where he shoots and kills two white folks at a BLM protest. And then he is heralded as what? A hero. Where Mark McCloskey is a hero because he takes out a gun illegally and points it at peaceful black protesters at a rich suburban neighborhood in St. Louis. And he is now running for Senate as a Republican. Where Ted Cruz, in order to prove that he's not reek and an actual man, sizzles bacon on his machine gun and says, look at me, look at me, I'm a real man, but then goes to Cancun when his constituents are freezing to during death. a to preventable, death. yeah, freezing to death during a preventable climate change crisis because freaking Texas has its own effed up grid. And here we are with yet another mass school shooting with 19 dead kids. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, Buffalo was last week and we've forgotten about Buffalo. And what's going to happen, Danielle? You know, we're going to forget about Texas because we forgot about Parkland and we forgot about Sandy Hook. And so does this country, like, you know, I wrote this piece last night and people thought it was provocative, it was but I said, good. okay, prove, I, I thought it prove was to me good. otherwise. I said, this country hates its children, especially Republicans. Yep. And so many Republicans got so pissed off at me and I, gave, and, I, and I was very logical and I just went down the list. I said, when you're in the womb, they care about you. As soon as you're out of the womb, F yourself, kid. You're on your own. Pull yourselves up from the bootstrap. They killed COVID relief. They killed the child tax credit. Yep. No paid parental leave. Yep. No subsidized childcare. Highest maternal mortality rate in industrialized countries, right? They're dismantling the public school system. And let's, let's look, let me give them benefit of the doubt for a second. Just, let's just play devil's advocate. Suppose these Republicans, like Governor Abbott, who refused to take responsibility for implementing a culture of death, really believe that mental health is the reason for these mass shootings mm -hmm. and not the fact that we have 390 million guns for 330 million people in America. Okay. What are you doing to confront mental health, Daniel? Hmm. Would they be, I don't know, providing health care, voting on health care, expanding Medicaid, doing anything that would allow for people to be able to access the type of mental health uh, tools that they need in this country in order to stave off said mass violence? Nope. They want oh. to dismantle Obamacare. And when Obama has been saying for more than 10 years, okay, replace it with what? They say nothing. So not expand Medicaid, even though they have the money for it, because they have to win the culture war. Uh, pretty much kill women by taking away the right to privacy. Uh, pretty much F these kids uh, who basically can't, you know, probably won't even come to, to life because of the high mater maternal uh, mort mortality rates. And as we've seen, if you stop the right to abortion, it doesn't stop abortions, Danielle. No, it so just stops these safe kids, ones. Yeah, no, exactly. Kids are going to die and moms are going to die. And then when the kids are born, we're not going to help them out at all. 
you are literally effed at birth in America. And then if you're lucky enough to survive childbirth, if you're lucky enough to survive to the age of, I don't know, five, then you can go to school. And in school, Republicans are more comfortable with their kids getting COVID or shot at than a book by a black author. So what we tell kids in America is, listen, kid, try your best not to be born. Okay. If you're born, you're shit out of luck. Try to survive. And when you get to school, listen, lace up, stretch, get your fiber, and then learn to run and dodge because you're going to be target practice. But we're not going to help you. I mean, Wash, that is it. That is it in a nutshell. So explain to me then why every Democrat, whether you are running a campaign right now or not, is not pooling together all of their resources, running this on every single commercial, ad, podcast, radio show, every single screen to just, I mean, all you don't even have to spend a ton of money. Do a 60-second nope. fucking TikTok and keep no, yeah, rolling take the, those ca- out. T- here, take your, take your phone right here and put it in front of your face. Put it in front of your face and just list out all of the ways that you just did that Republicans do not care about children. They do not give a fuck about your babies. And here are all the reasons why. Because if they did, it would look like this. And it doesn't. What is it about this feckless fucking party that stops them from being able to tell the truth? You know, I was I was just on Bob Seska's podcast. He had us on and, and, and he promoted our uh, podcast. Thank you, Bob. Uh, we were talking about this and he agrees with me. I said, they're just not built for this moment. They're not made for it. You know, Chuck Schumer did some nice things. Great. Pelosi did some nice things. They're not built for this moment. They're not made for it. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Mitch, Mitch McConnell brings a bazooka. These Democrats bring a blunt pencil. And then they stab themselves in the eye. Actually, I'll take it back. Then they use that blunt pencil to stab the squad, <laughs> black women and brown women, right? I'll give you three examples recently where when a Democratic elected official responded to the moment with righteous rage, they got immediate love, popularity, and funding from the base. Mallory McMurrow, mm-hmm. remember her? Yes. Uh, from Massachusetts, stood yep. up, gave a five-minute speech, passionately denounced the ugly QAnon attacks against her, and then reframed her values and proactively said, I'm a white woman, I'm a Christian woman, I'm a mother, and this is why I'm against hate. Boom. What happened to her? Superstar. Elizabeth Warren, after the leaked draft, literally went out onto the streets and, you know, met the people, looked at the cameras, had righteous rage, huge love for Elizabeth Warren, right? Chris Murphy and Beto O'Rourke yesterday. Chris Murphy just straight up went up and just said it, tweeted it. It was a righteous rage there. And Beto O'Rourke earlier today when we were recording this interrupted the press conference. Now, people say, what did that accomplish? It showed freaking passion it showed anger it showed that they're willing to do, do something it showed they're a human being fetterman beats this democrat constructed in a lab by corporate donors connor lamb what, what whatever you think about fetterman right like why did people respond to him he shows some he passion was honest yeah and passionate. Pa- there you go so here is a win for you democrats we want fighters take a freaking instagram lesson from aoc for one hour I want to see a righteous rage and passion from Democratic leaders who at the very least are willing to say or do something. And if you're not willing to even say something, get the F out. You're useless. Take your corporate money, 
get the F out. We're going to primary you. Go sit at home. You're a multimillionaire. We don't give a shit about you. But if you're going to, you're not going to fight for our kids. You're not going to fight for women's rights. You're not, not going to fight for our books. You're not going to fight for the climate. Get the F out. Get the f- And see, see, Waj is very different from me because I'm going to say, get the fuck out. Right. Like, here's the thing that I would like, because I did it. I did a TikTok right uh, earlier. And somebody said to me, you need to fix your statement because Chuck Schumer can't do anything. So someone said that to me also. He I got that. I got votes. that. He doesn't have the ability to do anything. So I don't know how you think that you're being helpful by saying, by calling out Democrats. Let me tell you something. When Mitch McConnell was in the minority, Mitch McConnell did not sit around and cry in front of the cameras and say, I can't do anything. I, I don't know how to govern. I don't know what to do because Democrats just won't let me. Mm-hmm. Why isn't Chuck Schumer pulling together a war room with some of the best legal minds and scholars in order to figure out what mechanisms he has, what power he has? Why is he not using social media and the media in general to be able to clearly articulate and make plain for the people exactly how evil and vile this Republican Party is and why they need to be stripped of their titles of family values? Right. Of those that care about babies and kids and gods and guns. Tell me again about all the ways that Chuck Schumer has the inability to do the job of speaker. I am so tired of people making excuses because you see, when Republicans are in the minority, they don't. They fight. They, they straight up tell you Mitch McConnell straight up has said for the past mm, 12 years, ever since President Obama was elected, he openly says, I have one job to make Obama a one-term president. One-term president. Openly said it, right? My job is to obstruct. We're going to make sure that we obstruct Biden's plan. Meanwhile, these feckless, weak, and, and this is, look, we've talked about this on the show. And, and the reason why we go against the Democrats also is because, look, I think we hit Republicans pretty hard, guys. We try to be mm-hmm. fair. We know Republicans have sold their soul. We know yep. they don't give a shit about our children. We know they get millions of dollars from the gun lobby. We know there could be, God forbid, 10 mass school shootings a day. It will not move Republican leaders or their base. This is part of the dogma now of the conservative movement. This is like of the 10 commandments, the second amendment would be like seven of the 10 commandments. It's part and parcel of the identity. Does not matter, ladies and gentlemen, but we have the Democrats who have the majority and we want to see that fire. We just want to see that fire, bring that fire, but they're not made for the moment. They're not built this way. I'll give you another example. Remember Nancy Pelosi dragged her feet to even impeach Trump the first time. Yep. She dragged her. We forget that. So even when it comes to fighting against CRT, no, 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 don't do that. Even when it comes to, to fighting against QAnon, last last month there was a, a piece in Vice. They're like, oh, I don't think we're going to do that. And then Mally McMorrow's like, F this, I'm going to do it. And then they saw the response. And then James Carville came out from the crypt and said, yeah, maybe they got to do something like this more. Got to call them like freaks. And so if they listen to Carville, who's their prophet, me and Danielle, of course, are crazy darkies who whine and complain, even though we've been right 95% of the time the past six years. That's what I, I want to see from Democrats. I mean, I don't know Democrats. what 5% we were wrong about, but I mean, <laughs> Maybe I 99 guess. I'm just trying to be humble. But let's say 99% of the time we were right. And that's what you, I think there comes a point in time, especially in light of Buffalo, which again was a terrorist attack by white supremacists deliberately targeting black lives inspired by the replacement theory, which is mainstream by Republicans. And now you have freaking a school shooting. 
you have the and you have next month the, the death of Roe v. Wade, which will lead to the death of probably Griswold and Eisenstead, which means le- leads to the death of uh, the right to contraception. You got these three big crises happening. And if that does not inspire a passionate response, then who is representing us, Daniel? I have no idea. I honestly don't. And this is what I said on Woke AF recently, is that sometimes I feel like I am just screaming into an abyss, right? I feel like, who are our leaders? No one is speaking up. No one is fighting. No one is passionate. No one has this sense of urgency. And the reason is, they're 80-something-year-old wealthy white people. We're asking 80-something-year-old wealthy white people that maybe have a handful of years left to save us. They've been institutionalized. They are part of the system. They are part of the corruption. They are part of everything that is wrong. That's true. They are part, we should have never, democracy shouldn't have ever been about backroom deals and handshakes over scotch and cigars. Right? Oh, I, I missed the nostalgia of yesteryear. Oh, you mean when uh, women who were in, uh, the women in Congress weren't allowed to go to the floor unless they were in a skirt? Do you mm. mean the good old times when there were no black and brown people that were representatives, right, of this Congress? Like, that is not a democracy. So I'm just like, I look around and when I see Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and these 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 people who should retire, who should have been term limited out. They're I, not I, the future. They're nope. they're they're and, and their their presence is not like it doesn't matter. Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. Yeah, because even today he's like, I need bipartisanship. Chuck Schumer said that. I think I said something which got me the same type of snarky response from some you know, uh, Democrats who get upset each time you criticize the Democratic Party. I'm like, for the love of God, I think I said, Jesus, man, they're not going to work with you. Like, you know, can we just, this is a moment where we'll have, we need to have some bipartisanship. They don't care. Even though 90% of Americans, 90% of Americans, including a majority of gun owners are for universal background checks. Most people are for limits and restrictions where, you know, you have to be 21 to buy a gun. Most people are like, yeah, maybe these bump stocks that transform a semi-automatic into automatic, maybe we don't need that, right? You have the majority. And so I understand that it's 50-50. I understand that mansion and cinema are going to screw you. I, I get all of that. What I need to see right now 
is a righteous rage from our elected officials. And if we're not going to get a righteous rage and a passion that we saw with McMorrow, with Warren, with Murphy, with Beto earlier today at the press conference uh, with Abbott and the other Texas Republican leaders who have failed their children, then it's going to be up to us, right? Then you have to vote these people out. I, I mean, I think I said that last night. In fact, I said that last night. If you're like a feckless Democrat, I think Eric Swalwell, who's a Democrat, like repeated it. Like if you're not, I'm saying if you're a Democrat who's ineffectual and not willing to have passion, get the F out. We'll primary you or we'll vote you out. We don't need you anymore. I'm done yeah, with you. I don't I like I literally don't. I don't need them. And for all of the people who love to say, well, we can't, you know, we can't get rid of mansion, can't get rid of cinema because then we don't have the majority. You don't have it now. Because if this is what power looks like, then show me weakness. Right. Like, show me what the opposite is. If it's going to take a decade or two decades to find somebody that can get rid of Joe Manchin, I'm willing to put in the time and the fucking effort because the shit that is going on now cannot stand. Do you, do you, Danielle, do you think, you know, that that's my kids in the background and I'm so grateful that my kids are chirping, yes. right? And I think about that and I'm like, look at those 19 parents now who's, uh, who, 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 who won't have that. And so I'm grateful. Sorry for that. Those are my kids. They're virtual school. You can hear them in the background. But the question that I had for you, uh, and the final question I have for you today for today's episode is um, the show is called Democracy Ish. Do you think, and I read this tweet from David Hogg, who is a survivor of Parkland. Yep. We forgot Parkland, but the kids of Parkland now are now activists because they survived that and were traumatized by that. He tweeted out that he feels this time it's different. Do you feel like this time it's different? Do you think this will inspire some change? Do you think all no. these escalating crises that I've talked about, that, yeah, I mentioned the like abortion rights, you know, voting rights, white supremacy, replacement theory, will this galvanize the majority? No. I, I, we keep saying every time is different. Parkland, 17 children died. Mm. Yesterday, it's 19. 10 days before that, it was 10. Days before, like, do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, is it escalating? Yes, are the deaths becoming more, are, are the mass shootings becoming more frequent? We're not going 10 days without one, right? We're not going two days without one. If you count all the other ones that happened in between, the big headline grabbing ones. What makes this different? Right? I thought that Newtown was going to be, I said, no, white babies being shot dead in their classroom in America, in a wealthy fucking suburb? No way. There's gonna be action then. Nada. That is the day we lost the gun debate, that we lost any hope of there being any changes around guns in this country because you had an entire nation who is so vested in white supremacy, so vested in it, wanting to reverse Roe v. Wade to increase the population of white babies, right? Like that is that is their goal here. But you let 24 of them perish in a and classroom you and you did nothing. So don't tell us that you care about children when it is evident that you do not. I was the same way, Daniel. Uh, you know, as we end today's episode, it's a tough one. I remember, and I just have to be honest, after Sandy Hook and seeing the inaction, that's where I concluded this country will never change when it comes to guns. It's too endemic in our culture, rage, violence, white supremacy. It's just too many Republicans are bought out because if the death of two dozen white kids isn't enough to have leaders enact gun reform. 
they won't care about our kids. They definitely they don't care won't. about black and brown kids, you know. After Parkland, no. But I remain hopeful that maybe these young generation, maybe there's something in the air, maybe after George Floyd, maybe voter suppression, maybe the rise of fascism, maybe Roe v. Wade, maybe maybe this, maybe these 19 kids wakes people up. I don't know. It will remain to be seen. I'll say, inshallah, at the very least, uh, I can feel pain. I can feel sorrow. I can feel righteous rage. We do what we can. And I'll, I just want to end on this. Is Look, this the mission statement for this podcast, for those listening, is a space for us to try to save democracy, uh, and but also save and restore your sanity. Yes. So you don't feel like you're being gaslit, so you don't feel like you're alone, so you don't feel like you're screaming in the void, so you don't feel like you're the only one who sees the comet in the sky. And so what I'll say, you know, and Danielle, you know, chime in on this, is mm-hmm. take take space yep. to feel pain. It's okay to have righteous rage. It's okay to tap out. It's okay to just say, you know what? I need a couple hours. Go hug your kids. Go hug your niece and nephews. Go out for some ice cream. Try to find some joy today. Yeah. Folks, um, I echo everything that Waj has said. This has been an extraordinarily difficult couple of weeks in this country, couple of years, if you were really counting. Give yourselves and everyone around you some grace because we are all trying to power through things that we shouldn't have to. It is crises after crises, trauma after trauma. And if you find yourself like me, having multiple breakdowns in a day, just in tears, just in thinking about the loss that people are dealing with from Buffalo to South Carolina, to Texas, to all of the places in between. And the loss on top of that, by the way, we're still in a health pandemic. By the way, we're about to lose abortion. By the way, voter suppression. By the way, all of these things. Give yourselves and everyone around you grace. We will, God willing, be back next week. Um, So we wish you well. We wish you well. We wish you peace. And we wish you well on this episode of Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. I'm Ajahat Ali. And we'll see you next week.